So this morning I'm starting a three-part message. So this one is more like the foundation and also a bit into it. Still talking about what God has called you and I to as Christians. The kind of things that God really wants to achieve. The kind of things that God wants to do with us. But Mr. realized that we are God's showcase. We are that person or that people that God wants to show to the world that, hey, if you want to know me as a God of peace, just see your life. Okpa is an example of peace. If you want to look at prosperity, just look at Janet's life. Janet is the expression of prosperity. When you want to know about grace, just look at Ore's life. Ore is the expression of grace. We are the people that God wants to show. The expertise of, of a carpenter or of a furniture maker is in the designs that he makes and he showcases. The expertise of who God is, is defined in us, is revealed in us. So as Christians, God has chosen us to be the one that the world will look to and see who he is. That's why the Bible says that we are created as God's workmanship, created in Christ Jesus unto good works. So God has not brought you and I unto damnation. He has not brought you and I out of the kingdom of darkness to experience poverty. He has not brought us from a position to experience something worse. He's brought us from where we were and is taking us somewhere that is extremely more glorious than whatever it is that you might have imagined or thought about in life. That's why the theme for this year is bigger and better. Because the intention of God for this year is that you'll be in a bigger and a better place by the end of the year. So it doesn't matter what you're going through now. Tell your neighbor, I'm on a journey. Oh my God, if you don't have a neighbor, I wonder who prophesies into your life. You better find a neighbor and see beside that person. Tell your neighbor, you are on a journey. You are on a journey. And you've not started. Tell your neighbor, your best is ahead of you. It doesn't matter what you are, your best is ahead of you. You don't get a big amen for that. So 3 John verse 2, let's start with that. 3 John verse 2 reveals an intention of God for you and I. Reveals something that God has called you and I into as Christians. Bible says, beloved, I wish above all things. Uh, when we're doing Jeremiah's um, naming, I explain because this is the word, this is the script, this is the word that God gave to me for Jeremiah. Um, and the word beloved is an interesting word. It is the one that I speak from the rest. Right? The, so when God calls you beloved, it means that you are different from every other person. God chose you for this special purpose. And let me tell you one thing about this word beloved. The most interesting thing about the word, it's a word of prophecy. So every time you call somebody beloved, you're commanding everything you never know to love that person. Be loved. Right? So, but leave that scripture on. God revealed his intention for us in that scripture. He says, above everything else, I want you to prosper. So that's my topic this morning. That God intends for your prosperity. It's a calling. It's a place you and I must find fulfillment in. It's a place you and I must be. It's something that we must enjoy because that is the intention of God. And you and I know that whatever God wants, it it, is it devolved? It makes sure all the resources of, of heaven and earth Start to work together for that, thing, for that thing. The challenge that we have, the biggest limitation to your prosperity, to my prosperity, guess who it is? Me. 
the experiences that you've been through, the challenges that you've been through, the things that you think in your mind, you're being able to comprehend what I'm talking about this morning. Do you know that immediately I said prosperity, some people will switch off. Because it's like, oh, maybe they're not talking to me. No, it is you I'm talking to. Because God needs to cause a paradigm shift in you. God needs to move you from the way you reason. When I was growing up, there used to be a comedy on TV, not in this country. I grew up in the most amazing country in Africa called Nigeria. Right? There used to be a comedy on TV that Mr. B, the man is called. If you want to be a millionaire, or if you want to be a billionaire, you think like a billionaire. Right? What you think, how you think, what, you know, the way you think determines where you get to. So God has to change your mindset this morning. God has not called us to mediocrity. He has not called us to poverty. God has called us to be successful in Jesus' mighty name. 2 Corinthians chapter 8, verse 9. So I just want to buttress this point so that you know that God is not interested in us not being. He's interested in us being. Right? 2 Corinthians chapter 8, verse 9. For you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, yet for your sake he became poor. Why? So that by his poverty you can be rich. So if we're not prospering financially, guess what we are doing? The grace on, of Jesus is being taken for granted. Now speak to yourself, not me. Not me. Oh my God. You know, you better speak to yourself. Maybe you don't understand. Why do you think that we make those confessions that we make in the morning? Why do you think we make it? You think it's just fun for us to shout and to motivate ourselves. No, 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 no. You are commanding your destiny. Right? Bible makes us realize that a little rudder moves the whole ship. Right? That your mouth, the things that you say or you don't say, has a way of defining what you become. That's why we make those confessions. So tell yourself, not me. That I will not frustrate the grace of riches that, see, it's a sacrifice that Christ has made. If anybody tells you, and I've heard of some doctrines that say that we should not be talking about riches in church, fallacy. Do you know why? We can as well just remove that scripture from the Bible. If it is written in the scriptures, we have to talk about it. Somebody might be thinking that, oh, riches, oh, let's leave. No, no, it's in the Bible. And since we're a Bible-believing church, we believe the old Bible, so we talk about it someday. We don't talk about it every time, but today we talk about it. In fact, this point, we talk about it, whether the devil likes it or not, because it's the intention of God for us. Deuteronomy chapter 8, verse 18. Deuteronomy chapter 8, verse 18. It says, you shall remember the Lord your God. So remember, there's a time that you have to consider it. For it is he who gives you power to get wealth. And I pray, God will help us in Jesus' mighty name. Psalm 90 verse 17. Psalm 90 verse 17, one of my favorite scriptures, the scripture, Bible verses in the scripture. It says, may the favor, I don't say, may the beauty of the Lord our God rest upon us. Why? To establish the work of our hands. Look at it. It's meant to do it twice. So when the grace of God is upon you, he establishes you twice. It says, where is it again? May the grace of our, may the favor of our Lord Jesus Christ, may the favor of our Lord, our God, may the favor of our Lord God rest upon us to establish the works of our hand. Yes, to establish the work of our hand. I pray that this morning, 
the grace and the favor of God will rest upon the work of your hand. Amen. Will rest upon the works of your hand. Amen. You shall be established. Amen. Your business shall be established. Amen. Your home shall be established. Amen. Everything that you do shall be established. Amen. In Jesus' mighty name. Amen. We've always heard that success is when preparation and opportunity comes together. Right? And if that, and it is true. Every time there's an opportunity to do what you're already prepared for, boom, success shows up. Isn't it? That's what we call breakthrough. In the place I came from, people are prepared that, hey, when I get to this kind of office, and when they get there and they see big money that they can swap, right, suddenly they become rich. But that's not for us. As Christians, the opportunity, the one we call opportunity in scriptures, it's not the same way as the world looks at it, right? Opportunity from the side of scriptures is when grace and mercy meet you. So, look at it. To be successful as a Christian, preparation is a constant thing regardless of who you are. Whether you are born again, whether you are not born again, you must be prepared, right? But the day God's grace and mercy shows up, the day God's grace and mercy shows up for you, guess what? You become prosperous on that day. Life works for you. So what I'm going to do over the course of the next three weeks or the next three times I preach is that I'm going to look at each of those factors, preparation, grace, and mercy, and how you can harness the three to making sure that you're prospering. Now, quickly also let me tell us, success is an individual thing. Success, this is the difference between success and, and, and prospering. You can be a successful banker and be a useless husband. That doesn't mean that you are prospering. You are successful in your career, yet you are horrible at home. Are you with me? You can be amazing in making relationships, but it might not be translated to something else. But what God intends for us, as 3 John 3.2 puts it, or third John 2 puts it, is that we should not just be successful in one, we should be successful all around, all over. That's why it says, I wish above all things that you prosper, and your soul, that may, I wish above all things that that may prosper, and be in good health, even as your soul is prospering. It is an all-encompassing prosperity. Can somebody say amen? Amen! It is not like, oh, you're prospering in one area, and then health-wise, you're not... What's the point of riches if you can't enjoy the money? What's the point of riches that you can't spend it? You know, there are so many people that are making so much money, but they cannot even go and buy a car. In fact, we know of people who will be contracting the day we met them. Right? And guess what? At times, they cannot even afford their flat. Do you know why grace and mercy is not sure for them? When grace and mercy shows up for you, the little that you are doing will be sufficient. That's what prosperity is. It's not about the money that you accumulate. It's about what you're able to achieve with it. It's about what you can do with it. Riches develop wings and fly. But when grace and mercy shows up on it, guess what happens? You'll be able to do much more than the person that's even earning 10 times what you're earning. Am I making sense this morning? So this morning, I want to focus on preparation. That's Psalm 90, verse 17 that we read. 
what did he say? He says, may the beauty of the Lord our God rest upon you to do what? Establish the work. So, you must have a work. That means that you have a part to play in God establishing you. Right? We need to stop all this theology and I'm empowering you this morning to shut any Christian down who tells you to just name it and claim it. Because there's a part for you to fulfill in God's word. There's a part for you to fulfill in God's word. Whatever you are not prepared for, God can never give to you. You have to prepare to be successful. You have to prepare to be prosperous. If God gives you a, if God gives you a billion pounds today, some people will backslide. God takes every one of us through journeys. And that's why I say you are still on a journey. God will not give you what you cannot handle. God will give you based on your initial ability and expect you to grow. Listen, as a church, by now, my God, if I have my way, we'll be 5,000 seated. But God knows that if I go 5,000 in the first year, I'll be proud. So we grow the church through labor, through pain. So I can appreciate every soul. <laughs> That's the way God works. If you think I'm joking, Ask Joseph. Joseph will tell you. In the beginning, God showed Joseph and said, Hey, Joseph, I'm going to prosper you. I'll prosper you so much so that even your brethren, they'll be prostrating for you. But God took him through the wilderness. That that's what I'm going to do, but the road I won't show you. You know, that's what happens to all of us. God, within you, you know that God, I'm going to, like Alex was saying this morning, Hey, I know I'm going to be successful. And you are. But the pain has to come through it too. Because if you don't, you will forget that it's the Lord thy God that gives you the power to get wealth. Some of us, God has given us little money, you cannot even be faithful in fighting. So he makes sure that you keep losing that job. He makes sure that he keeps dealing with you. So that one day, you come to your senses that, God, let me give God what is his portion. To some of us, Though there was a time I was doing 10 businesses. Thank God Sandra is there. There was a time I was doing 10 businesses. 10 businesses. And there was a time that all the 10 failed. Because if I don't appreciate failure, I can't appreciate success. You know, there are some of us that, hey, things are working for us. I just think that you have the Midas touch. No, you don't have it. It's just grace and mercy. We used to have a tenant back in the days. One day, you know, the guy just drives and it's kind of, one day the man just made mouth. I said, you know, my brother, my younger brother asked him about, oh, ah, your car is so nice. You've never had an accident. You know, I don't know how the discussion. The man said, oh, we are expert drivers. That same day, the man was reversing and bashed his car. <laughs> it is the mercy and the grace of God. God always takes us through a preparatory stage. Ask David the same thing. Even your life is an example of it. You are going to be successful. No, you're not successful. You're going to be prosperous. But God is taking you through a process. Please, shake your neighbor and tell that person it's a journey. Let me tell somebody else that it might not look at like it now, but the end speaks for it. 
You know, if you come to my office, at the back of my office like that, there's a poster there. It says, my best is ahead of me. Because whatever it is that you are today, the reason why it's behind me is so that when I'm talking to you, you can see it. And regardless of what I'm talking about, you know your best is still ahead of you. Amen. Amen. In you preparing, God, in his wisdom, used Psalm 1, verse 1 to 3, to get us to prepare ourselves. Let us see, Psalm 1, verse 1 to 3. It says, Blessed is the man who does not walk in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stand in the way of sinners, nor sit in the seat of the scornful, but his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law he meditates day and night. He and he shall be like a tree that is planted by the rivers of water, that brings forth his fruit in a season. His leaf will not wither, and whatsoever he does, prosper. From today, whatever you do shall prosper. Amen. In the name of Jesus. Amen. From that scripture, it says that you should not walk in the counsel of the ungodly. Listen, learn to take the right counsel. That's the first thing in your preparation. You need to understand that it's not every counsel. See, somebody can give you a correct counsel and it might not be true. I hope you know that. A correct counsel does not mean that it is true. Right? When you come to me, at times, because I'm humane, I look at you and I want to say, oh, I do it like this because that's what my logic is saying you should do. But after a while, I divide it by the word of God. The word of God might tell you to do something extremely different. So, for example, you bring a woman to me and you tell me, oh, but my mom does not... The natural thing is that, don't worry about your mom. You want to get married, you've stayed all this way, you're now 49, you want to get married, just get married to this woman. But in actual fact, the word of God might be contrary. Right? Listen, church, any counsel that is not true, any counsel that will not find itself in the word of God, push it aside. Are you with me? So, I will explain that so that there's no confusion. Somebody, you need a counsel about something, and you ask, and the person gave you a wisdom. You know, it's wise, it's smart. Ask yourself a question. This thing that has been said, is it in line with what the Bible is saying? If there's a direct reference to it in the Bible, that makes your life easy. Isn't it? So you want to get married, they say, until both of you sleep together, you can, because that happens in cultures. Right? You want to get married, they say, until both of you sleep together, you cannot get married. Right? And somebody now tells, just do it. You know, you, if somebody that is going to marry, just do it the day before. You get married the next day. No, don't do it. Because it's not in line with the word of God. Even if you have to hold on till the end. Learn to take the right counsel. I said a counsel can be logically or scientifically correct. But it doesn't mean that it is spiritually true. Bible says, see unto the righteous, it shall be well. Right? He says, let the poor say I'm rich. Your pocket is saying you are poor. I'm telling you you are rich. You see that spiritually, it is not the same thing as what reality is saying. But the kind of prosperity, if you want to reason the way God reasons, you must be able to accept the things that God says. 
This morning, after prayers, I had a pain in my back, suddenly. And I called John, I called everybody, my wife prayed, everybody did what they could do. John punched it, you know, that's what he does. <laughs> I have pain and he's punching it. You know? <laughs> but guess what? I have to also believe that I've got strength in God. If not, I would not be here. I could have sat down there, ah, pain, pain, somebody else do it. Well, it's not like I have a choice anyway. Amen. Romans 4, verse 14, the B part of it says, we call those things that are not as though they were. In you preparing to be rich, you must be able to call those things that are not as though they were. You must be able to walk in possibilities rather than impossibilities. You must be able to see problems and walk in the solution in it rather than... Do you know that? I'm realizing that we have two, two sets of thinking in life. I'm not a psychologist, but hey, from the little that I've known, I'm realizing that the approach that we take to issues are either of two ways. It's either you think from, from the side of problems or you think from the side of solutions. So there's an issue. What you see is the problems. You keep seeing problem, 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 problem. Some people, at times, they become stuck. But you must move away from that and start thinking. If you have the problem, then you should see the solution. Isn't it? What about if that problem is not there, what will you do? That's the simple way you need to ask yourself. If this problem is not there, what will I do? Then, Bible says you call those things that are not as though they were. You walk in it. You walk as if that problem is not there. And let's see if God will not give his angels charge over you. Does, does, does that make sense? I pray God will help us in Jesus' mighty name. Number two thing that you must, from that scripture of um, Psalm 1 verse 1 to 3, it says you should not stand in the way of sinners. Proverbs chapter 1 verse 10 to 19, you should read it when you get home. Bible says, if sinners entice you, consent thou not. Don't follow people to do what is wrong. Don't be carried by what other people are doing. That is not what God has called you to do. Listen, in Christianity, there's nothing like envying. All of us, even as we are in this church, all of us, we have different purpose, different plan. Everybody has called God to be doing differently things. We might be working the same career. Both of us might be doing business analysis. But what God has called that person to is different from what God has called you to. Don't be looking at somebody else and be seeing yourself in that mirror. I said it last week. Focus on your lane. Focus on your lane. That is what, it is when you are on your lane that grace is made available for you. God will never give you grace on somebody else's lane. In their own lane, grace is there for them. That is why if you do the business that I'm doing, do exactly the same thing, you're going to get different results. While everybody was in the land and there was farming, Bible says Isaac sold his that same land and it was profitable because grace was for the place that he sold or being for the seed that he sold. There are so many wrong but logical ways that we could, and that's what life teaches us. There are systems for everything. Have you not realized that oftentimes when we follow those systems, it doesn't work? I've not realized it. At times we come to church and we give you seven ways to be successful. 
and you try the seven ways, and it's not successful. <laughs> Do not let sinners entice you. You know, at times you see that you're like, oh, why is it that God is prospering unbelievers and not believers? Sinners are enticing you. Well, how come those people that do not go to church, they are prospering? And you, who said they are prospering? They might be successful, but it does not mean that they are prospering. You know, the true measure of prosperity is the joy that you have. That cannot be gotten anywhere else. And that thing that you must prepare for, that is very serious. That scripture that we said, said you should not sit in the seat of the scornful. A scornful person can never be successful. Or rather, can never be prosperous. I know when you, when you scorning, no. <laughs> when you've been scornful to someone, right, you can never be better than that person. Do you actually know what it means to be scornful? No, you, you come on. You know what is a very interesting word? When you despise someone, like you do to your boss, that's why it's your boss. They promoted somebody that both of you entered into the company at the same time. They made him your boss and you're despising that person. That's why you are not up to that person. It does, it's a simple, basic law of life. When you despise people, it's most likely that you're not going to get to the level that they got to. Right? That's why you see that those people that appear to be naive, that are just doing what everybody wants, God has a way of just lifting them up. When you dishonor people, do you know there are some people, it doesn't matter if I come out now and give a testimony, oh, praise God, church, ah, yesterday, ah, God blessed me. So, that's why that person comes to give testimony every time and you don't have it yet. What God expects of us is to learn to value and appreciate everybody around us. Listen, you don't appreciate money, money doesn't come to you. You don't appreciate marriage, marriage doesn't come to you. Whatever you don't appreciate does not come to you. You must learn to appreciate what God is doing in the life of everyone. Celebrate everybody. Appreciate it. Appreciate, appreciate. You might not be in that position today, but appreciate that person. When you are doing it, guess what you are doing? It is prayers that somebody else is going to come and appreciate you someday for the same thing. Let us learn to do that. Those are the things that we should prepare for. I said, do not despise people's achievements of their personality. Don't just reduce them to nothing. Proverbs chapter 3, verse 34. Proverbs chapter 3, verse 34. It says, surely he scorns the scornful. God himself is the one that scorns the scornful. But he gives grace to the humble. Proverbs chapter 9, verse 12. If you are wise, you are wise for yourself. And if you scoff, you will bear it alone. Proverbs chapter 19, verse 29. Judgments are prepared for scoffers or scorners, depending on the transition that you do. And, the, and beatings for the back of fools. May you not get beatings in the name of Jesus. That same scripture makes us realize that God giving prosperity is driven by the word of God. Is driven by the word of God. There's a power that is in the word of God that a lot of us might not realize it. 
that if the word of God speaks concerning something, it is as good as a check that you can cash in the bank. So Jesus Christ and disciples were together one day and the belly showed up. You are owing tax. And Jesus Christ spoke the word. He called Peter and said, Peter, if you were a fisherman before, just go. Go to the river. The first fish that you catch, just open the mouth. And you, whatever money you find, go bring it. It will be sufficient. That's the power of the word of God. Peter did exactly what Jesus Christ said. Went to the sea, got a fish, opened the mouth, and there was money inside. Listen, there's power in the word of God. When God was telling Joshua, God has first told him about his weakness. Joshua, the way you are, you are trying to please the whole world. You're not going to be successful. These people that I'm leading you to lead, I'm telling you to lead, they are people with a, they are stiff-necked people. You need to be strong and courageous. Be strong and courageous. Be strong. He has said it three or four times. God now got to verse 8 and now said, This book of the law must not depart from your mouth. You should meditate on it day and night. And be diligent enough to do what is written therein, that it is when you are doing that that you will have good success. Listen, the word of God has a way of shaping your life to be successful, or rather, to be prosperous. Are you with me? Listen, I know how I was, and I'm a living testimony of that. I know how I was before I got born again. Right? The way I was before I got born again, that's nothing. I'm not even talking about physical appearance now. I'm talking about intellectually. There are some of us that if Jesus had not saved us, all you'll be, you'll be a drunkard by now. You know, the kind of things that you now hold as value, something that's valuable, is different from what you used to hold as valuable before. It is because the word of God has a way of shaping you to be successful. It has a way of giving you courage to know that, hey, you should be pros- you prosper. It has a way of pushing you to aim higher, to want to be the person that God wants you to be, to know that you are not limited by what you have, who you are, what you can do, because there's a force at work in you that's greater than this whole thing that we put together. That's what the word of God does. It makes you to see things better than your physical eye sees it. The word of God can make you to see into tomorrow because today limits you. May God help us. Then the last bit there is that says you shall be like a tree planted. Now this also is a very interesting part. How prosperous a tree is going to be. When you look at Isaiah chapter 37 verse 31, it says the righteous will bear root downward and fruit upward. Isn't it? Now when you look at how successful a tree is, or rather how prosperous a tree is, is based on a lot of things. Right? When you look at a, a maize plant, I know some of you have not seen, just use your imagination. <laughs> you know what you call sweet corn? Yeah, it's called maize. <laughs> when the corn, when it's not been removed from the cob, it's called maize. I can't explain more than that. <laughs> but the thing there is that it does not have deep roots. It's not deep rooted. So even though it bears fruit, 
but it's so flimsy. That's why it's seasonal. After a while, they will remove it and plant another one. It's replaceable. But when you look at deep cash crops, they are not easily replaceable. You know why? They bear root. They are more stable. They can bring fruit in season. The difference is one is committed, one is not committed. Are you with me? When you are not committed to something, your success in that thing can only be seasonal. You know, some of us attend our workplace, just go to work. It's a job. Right? No wonder nobody's seen the light in you. Some of us actually struggle with that word commitment. We struggle. And they say the way you do some things is the way you do everything. You cannot be say, oh, you cannot say that, oh, I'm committed at work, I'm not committed at home, I'm committed in my relationship. I'm not. No, 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 you are the same. It's just that life has not tried you. The way you do some things is the way you do everything. One day I called Kofo. I said, Kofo, are you a loyal person? Think about me asking Kofo that question after all these years. Because the way you do some things is the way you do everything. If you cannot be committed at work, you cannot be committed to a man. That's the reality of it. You're only committed to that guy now because you feel I love. The day that guy and things are not working, that's where you're going to realize that you don't, you're not committed. Because the way you do some things is where you do everything. You must prepare yourself to learn commitments. You must prepare yourself to be that, hey, I will die at my post. Any little thing you want to give up, any little thing you want to run away, any little challenge, oh, the relationship's not working. No, it doesn't have to work, you work it. Oh, any little thing, oh, my boss is frustrating me. It's part of the journey. I remember one of my, my daughters in this church that came to me and, oh, my boss, so, so, so. I said, tomorrow when you get to work on your way, does the person drink coffee? Buy a cup of coffee and take it to that person. Humble yourself. You must give everything to whatever it is. See, every marriage works and every marriage does not have to work. All right? It's the commitment that makes the difference. Sweet. Yesterday, we still had our own challenges. She still read me chapter one in my book. <laughs> you don't want to know it. It's between us. All right? But guess what? We still work it. We will smile at each other. Are you still not smiling now? By force. See? Let me not talk. That's my way of saying sorry. <laughs> I've said this now openly now. <laughs> but that's the way it is. That's the way it is. One day my wife looked at me, sorry, I'm giving you out. I said, You're an amazing father. You're an amazing pastor. But I'm not sure about the husband's side. I'm working, I'm committed, and she's committed. Because there's nothing wrong with that walking away. Whatever you're not committed to, you can't be prosperous in it. Are you with me? You don't that business. Come on, don't be a Nigerian that does business and wants to make the money immediately. Be committed to it. Failing is part of business. Failing is part of it. It is us that wants to do business. Boom, bring the result. When, when somebody brings your business plan and you say, oh, you're going to get five pounds, when would that make one million? <laughs> Don't be like that. Be planted. The career that you have chosen, be planted. Go and do trainings. Be planted. Dig deeper into that career. 
Get better at it. Get better at it. Become the best in it. Say, statistically said, for you to be an expert at something, you must be doing the same thing for five years or seven years. You've been doing your own for seven years. You still don't know. Because you're not committed. You go to work and you just do exactly the job that's required of you. When it's five, you pack your back and you go. No wonder that's where you are seated. And when they promote somebody else, you start scorning that person. You're saying that, oh, as Christians, should we go for that network meeting? Be committed. If you are committed to your network, your, 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 your workplace, you'll attend the, work, the meeting, won't you? Even if you don't go every time. This, you have to be prepared to do that. Somebody saying, oh, listen, should I tell you one thing? Now I'm about to offend you. So if I offend you, I'm not saying sorry. Right? Every time you say, oh, I don't have time, you are lazy. Because God knows that you have time, you have 24 hours, that's the time that you need. Every time you say you don't have time, it's laziness. Because you have time. Think about the time you spend on your phone, you have time. <laughs> exactly, Netflix. You have time. Tell anybody you have time. Omo cannot say it. <laughs> Amen. So, you must prepare all to, to, to develop all these things. So, if you have looked at yourself in the mirror of the world and you realize that, oh, you despise, you know, the minute I said it, look at it, the minute I said it, oh, that you despise people. Guess what? No, listen, listen. This is how you know. In your mind, you thought, oh, they're talking about Omo. It's you I'm talking about. Because it means you think about somebody else. It means that you despise people. Because you've thought negative about that person. So that's a big check. It is you. So you see yourself in the world this morning. What you now need to do is to start preparing yourself to get rid of all these things. If you realize that, oh, you are not as committed at work, get involved. When you get to the work on Sunday or Monday, you're feeling what you are doing, Find out what other people are doing in your workplace. When people come to me, I always tell them that, oh, this is the role you're called to do it, but why not think about the role above you? You are better at it when you walk your manager out of work. May God help us in Jesus' mighty name. Shout out and I, I just talk to God. I say, Father, Lord, please prepare me. Prepare me. That this journey that you are taking me through, Lord, please, let me not be like that uncooked rice. Prepare me. Make sure you talk to God this morning. It is God that works in us, both to will and to do of his good pleasure. It is God's desire that we prosper. It is God's will that you and I do well in everything that we lay our hands on. But for a world to do that, you must be prepared. God has to take you through it. Through the good, through the bad, through the ugly. Proverbs 18 verse 1 says, Whosoever isolates himself seeks his own desire. It is not a godly thing to do things only by yourself. Talk to God this morning and say, Lord, help me to be committed in everything and every place that you brought me into. Help me to be committed in church, in my department. Help me to be committed at work, in my relationship. Let me to be committed in everything. My businesses, let me be committed at it. 
Talk to God this morning. Talk to God this morning. Thank you, Almighty Father. We worship and adore you. In Jesus' mighty name we prayed. Father, we want to say thank you. Thank you for reminding us of your intention and your desire for us to prosper in the works of our hands. Thank you, Lord, because of your favor and your grace that will rest upon it. Thank you, Lord, because you will establish us. We worship you. Lord, the little that we heard this morning, we ask in the name of Jesus, please prepare us. Prepare us for that place that you are taking us to. We know when David was in the backside of life, it was his preparation period. But at the right time, you brought him out. Even after bringing him out, he had to suffer rejection and other things. But Lord, at the right time, you placed him where you want him to be, the position of his calling. Lord, we are praying in the name of Jesus that Lord prepare us. Whatever it would take for you to prepare us for where you want us to be, please make it happen in our lives. We surrender completely unto you that Lord have your way in our lives. Thank you, mighty Father. In Jesus' mighty name.